Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. My name is Rainy. I'm Corinne. And welcome to week two of the month of episodes curated by Luminato Festival. Woohoo! Woo! How are you guys liking the episodes? I hope you're loving them. Bobby's amazing. Bobby was amazing. This is- week, we have the lovely Jimena, and she is one of the performers in Four Sisters. Four Sisters runs from June 11th through 16th as part of the Luminato Festival, and it is a dance theater work. Mm-hmm. It's a theater, I would say more of a theater show. Theater show. Yeah, created by Susanna Fournier, and it's part of the Empire Trilogy. Yeah. And it's the last one. So you better go see it. Yes, I've heard amazing things. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful artists in it. Oh, it has Amanda Acorn doing the choreography. Right. Our lovely friend Aria is also in it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you get a chance, uh, buy your tickets. Um, and use code GALPAL15 for 15% off your tickets. Please. Yes, please do it. You're going to get a little discounted ticket. It's going to be an amazing experience, and you're going to see a lot of cool artwork. Here we go. Hi, uh, my name is Jimena Wisi, and I'm a Venezuelan Canadian theater artist, creator, person. So tell us about Four Sisters. It's <laughs> all about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, tell you about Four Sisters. So, the show is the yeah the third in the trilogy. Um, so it kind of anchors around Sarah, which is a character that we met in the Scavenger's Daughter. Yes, the scavenger's daughter is what that second one is called. Yes, Flopsaver's <laughs> wife. Flopsaver's wife, scavenger's daughter, for sisters. Um, so, but it's been like three hundred years since, but she just has not aged. So one of the um, things that we're exploring, I think, aesthetically and thematically, is this like pos- this like notion of time being impossible. And how we perceive it and how we exist inside of it. Um, so it's like located, like the whole action takes place in Sarah's house, which is, I'm kind of quoting the play right now, um, in a district outside of like a wealthy city. And the district, district is called the Skirts because it's like the outskirts of town. But it used to be a red light district. And she, as we find out in The Scavenger's Daughter, um, is a former madam. And then there's this massive plague that hits, and she's left with, like, four girls who are daughters of women that used to work for her. Um, And then they get sick. And so she's faced with this kind of no access to medicine, how can I get my girls to heal? And then the action kind of just, like, spins off from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it really investigates kind of the way in which women particularly are placed to, um, through the labors that they have to do and through the ways in which we grapple with and against like the structures of powers that we're entrenched in, often um, we're being left to kind of direct our struggles and our fighting at each other. So one of the things that came up in rehearsal that was really interesting 
was how like there's lots of things that are happening where it's like these two women are fighting each other but they're really actually fighting about a a force that's larger than them mm-hmm. that is enacting injustices or like has them like oppressed that is out of their control but since there's no channels for them to actually fight that through like the colloquialization of their lives and their reality that, that all that gets directed laterally right towards the other women around them so um Susie's working well English um uh, <laughs> Susie is working with um Amanda Acorn Acorn mm-hmm. who's an amazing choreographer and so we've been really investigating yeah like how the body sits inside of this um notions of power and time and memory there's also lots of different kind of variations on, on how characters exist inside of the play so yeah sarah's like almost 300 but is played by bea pisano throughout the whole play and she doesn't age at all um then one of the sisters is played two of the sisters actually played by the same car- par- person mm-hmm. throughout the play and then two of the other sisters are played by three actresses mm. so a different body for each age. Oh, wow. oh interesting. So, okay. um and who are you playing? For the character that I play, um her name is Bea and I play her in act 2 when she's 24 and Aria Evans plays her in act 1 when she's 9. which is just like a dream come true cuz we just like <laughs> new friends uh, and we're just really like excited to like be getting to know each other and she just is such a beautiful dancer and mover mm-hmm. so she plays Bea at nine years old and then when we're in act 2 and I'm playing her at 24 Aria is still around being like the inner child so there's like explorations on like because time is impossible mm-hmm. what do we feel and what do we show and what like what is my character enacting in the like present tense and she's in mm. and then alongside you have aria maybe like exploring a different part of the reality of that character as the 9 year old and was it written like that yeah. to be cast by three different yeah Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. As I understand it, initially at some point because Susie's been working on this play for like 10 years. Um I think most I think all sisters were three sisters were all three sisters were made to be played by three different actresses. Mm-hmm. And then at some point one of them got like changed into being like just held by one body. Right. Um and again that I think also Susie as a writer has such um such an honest grip on like her reality and the reality of women around her so the play just like showcases mm-hmm. kind of like the like basic archetypes of women mm-hmm. as we know them mm-hmm. and so there's lots of them right so there's nine women on stage five characters but there's nine women. Um so the possibility of also having like the inter- the different intersections of age, abilities, race, uh size just it like 
it fluctuates actively inside of the play, mm -hmm. which for me, what that like generates is this, it challenges this notion of, oh, when you tell the story of a woman, you're telling the story of all women mm -hmm. by like really kind of diving into it. So that's something that I struggle with. I think when I consider making art or when I try to talk about a subject that's specifically around femininity is that like pressure of to like, represent everybody yeah because yeah. you're a woman and you're telling a story about women so obviously now you like the thing that you say is for all women and right you're like okay and you actually, better say it right yeah or else you're in trouble totally and, and like you yeah. better make sure that like the margins include everyone mm -hmm. which are is is those things in which i feel like the steps that we're making forward in our inclusivity and in our um, efforts to like diversify or I don't know, language is ever changing. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that the efforts that the steps that we take forward in that, I feel like the systems are pretty good at like flipping them back and using them to oppress us further. Mm -hmm. So like the moment that I'm like, oh yeah, I realize that I have to make space for this, for my like queer, black, indigenous, women of color sisters, because mm -hmm. that's like an important space that needs to be given. Then there's systems alongside that that are like, okay, but the work that you have to do now, if it doesn't, is that like pinning the causes against each other? Mm turnaround that becomes so quick that I feel by really fracturing through like the fiction and the like theatrical possibilities that Four Sisters exists in. So just by being like, it's a play mm -hmm, and right. time changes and you, it's possible you'll be confused and this person has three other bodies and this person doesn't. And so all like already you're like deep into this, like, oh, I don't actually have very much to grip onto from my own assumptions of what I'm supposed to feel and think mm -hmm. about certain women and about certain bodies and about certain narratives. So the hope is I think to just that you'll like accept that it's just like, okay, we just, we have this thing we are we have a great night in store for you we want to tell you a story we want to mm -hmm. share we have like the it's beautiful it moves it's fast and it i think really satisfies the like um what i understand to be like the literary kind of like textual naturalistic vibe that Toronto's on where it's like, ooh, how like can <laughs> can you talk like you're in a TV show but be in theater kind of right. uh coolness that like <laughs> seems to be permeating this like <laughs> land. Um and it and it sits in that because the text is so great. Mm -hmm. Um and because Susie wrote it and is directing it and brought a choreographer, mm -hmm. it also interrupts that. And so the play really interrupts itself a lot. So it's been a wild process to be, because each act is very different. And so not only are like two of the characters changing people in each act, formally the acts really change. So mm -hmm. 
we worked for a week and it was like, okay, we don't really know what we're doing, but we're all going to figure it out and here we go and it's just okay. And so we f finished working on Act One and we were all kind of like, yeah, I kind of know where my feet are. And, and then, then Susie <laughs> also was like, and now I understand what I'm doing. And it's like, and now we're going to do Act Two. And it's it just maybe a whole other thing. We have to all <laughs> relearn how to work while keeping some of the information that we have and going towards like leaning towards act three, which will right. be a whole other thing. Right. And because time is impossible, there's information that right now we're working in, because uh, right now we're working in act three and there's information that's emerging physically in the score and in the movement score that will, that like there's gaps in act one and act two that will, will be filled by those. Mm -hmm. So there was also this like work really fully knowing that there's like kind of like a pre-echo that will exist for things that this information that will trickle back into the work that we're doing when we get to act three. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Just listening to that, I'm like, when did you, <laughs> a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> when did you get involved with the project? Um, I got involved in the project... I guess like three or four years ago, oh, wow. Susie was applying for one a grant for it, one of the like big, I don't know, Canada, Canada Council Arts Council grant, yeah. uh, which I think she received. Um, and she sent, I was, I think, camping somewhere, and she sent me an email being like, "Hey, can you send me?" your headshot and a bio. I'm writing this play. It's about women. It has 10 women in it. I'll tell you all about it later. And I was like, yes, whatever, like, whatever you're doing, just please <laughs> let me be in it. Um, she's just amazing, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And I met Susanna through Christina Bonanowski, who's also in the play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just like at like Christina's birthday party once. And we just had like the coolest conversation about acting and directing and just like she's the kind of person where like just by sitting with her and like if you're willing to have a conversation I think she's pretty transparent and she's so driven in like her goals mm -hmm. that it's a pretty fast scale to be like totally whatever you're exploring I'm like excited to see where it goes mm -hmm. um yeah and so I did a work I was in a workshop that she did two years ago I think four four sisters four four sisters um, where we worked like for five days. I think we worked with nine women for like three of the days. Mm -hmm. And then her and Amanda worked with like three or four dancers for like the other two or days or something like right. that. And then she went into the other two. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of known that it would be coming for a long time, mm -hmm. right. um, which has been great. It's just always nice to be like as an actor to have like a, a thing in the far future to be like, yes. I know no matter what happens one day, no matter how many no's I get from here until a year from now, a year from now I'm going to work. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm still an actor. It hasn't stopped happening. Are there any performers, you might not know the answer to this, that have been in all three? No, not in all three. Um, Chayla Hunter was in uh, Philosopher's Wife. She wasn't in Scavenger's Daughter. Um, and she is in Four Sisters. Hmm. And the only other woman in uh, Scavenger's Daughter was Samantha Brown. Mm -hmm. But she is not in it. 
Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. How does it feel to like be brought in in the last stage of something like this? Um, it feels fine. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was out of town for the first one. Okay. And so I didn't see it, but I heard the podcast. Um, and I saw the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like know the stories, but they really stand like it really stands on its own. Okay. For sisters, um, because it's been like three hundred years in the empire that has passed since the second and the third, um, and it's like a zooming in mm-hmm. on a family, particularly. It's pretty. There's lots of sourcing possibilities that are like just mm-hmm. Im- immediate, I think. Right. Where it doesn't feel. It's exciting. Um, Is there pressure that goes along with that, though? Because it's like the end of such a. Maybe not the end, but it's the end right now on such a big thing and a long process. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think there's, there's always pressure. Um, I, I just, I feel like I stand in a place where I am so excited by it Mm -hmm. and I have been so excited by it that my confidence in it is like a really nice, it's like a really solid net underneath it, underneath like the work for me. Mm -hmm. And that just stems from like my personal individual, like intentional belief that based on like who I know Susanna to be and as what I understand the aims of her work and her own personal journey to be. And then just to be like, you're going to be in a room with 12 other women Mm -hmm. investigating how power dynamics Mm -hmm. function laterally and how we all exist in different mechanisms of powers in and around us. Like already those pieces for me, I just, it's such an exciting, I have such like an unfailing, like whatever emerges is already so important Mm -hmm. and so cool and so brave that, um, there's almost no fear. Like the fear is like how pulsing and how like powerful and how, um, how to be well and like healthy and, and, um, how to have pleasure in it. Um, the pressure I think for me manifests way more personally and internally than in relation to like the end of the trilogy mm-hmm. or Luminato as a major festival or mm-hmm. like, I just, you know, I don't, I'm not worried that people won't come. <laughs> I'm not worried that people will like it or not. Right. I, I'm like, we are weaving stories with like the sacred feminine and like with, with women who carry like very varied and, and important and different uh, histories and paths and relationships and to, to this land and to each other. So that then I'm like okay (laughs) it's uh you know it's pretty powerful um can you dive into those like internal personal pressures that you have for yourself 
Um, sure, yeah. I, um, I've been navigating, for me, a, a character that's um, Bea's a dancer. She's like a self-taught dancer. Um, and so she basically is the sister that <laughs> takes care of everyone, does all the dishes, folds all the rags, just like is pretty invisible. And so channels all of her feelings, all of her fears, all of her wants, like into her body, into, excuse me, um, yeah, the physical exertion of, um, like looking for that catalyst or like that catharsis, but through the physical. Um, and so I'm, I'm a person that's like very loud and very, um, kinesthetic. I really like, I'm like from Venezuela. I really <laughs> like to be touched. That's like a major cultural thing that I, I've been in Canada for 10 years and I still really struggle with just the lack of touch and the lack of, um, kind of like, proximity mm -hmm. um in terms of affirmations and like kisses and hugs and just like the the, the okayness for nearness mm -hmm. um and as a child I was <laughs> told to be still a lot and to kind of not take up too much space not be too loud don't run around kind of contain mm -hmm. so what's been interesting for me is that because of the formal experiments that we're doing by the time that we get to act two I, Jimena, don't necessarily get to experience lots of the movement that Bea exists in because we always see her in relationship to other characters. Oh, so okay. the parts of the but the parts of her story that we see in the play are the parts where like people walk in and she's like, "What do you mean I'm not dancing?" Like, oh, <laughs> don't. Yeah. And so, and alongside that, working with Aria and working with Jen Dahl, so I'm cast with these two beautiful professional dancers <laughs> who are constantly dancing the part around and through and with me and so I've had to navigate this like oh you mean I don't get to move <laughs> um, um which has been yeah a those things where it's my job to take care of the things that that brings up in like little Jimenez, like nine-year-old self who's like, but I want to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's great, but that's not your job today. Actually, your job today is to just like contain that and, and like do a lot of the text work. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and since it's such a big, big, big cast and it's such a big, big play, there's also lots of just like take this thing and explore it and take it and go and I'm gonna go look at this other thing and right. now we're gonna go look at this big thing and there's like Jen that's dancing in the over there and and so there's also lots of just like okay I'm gonna just sit with this uh and like work it and it might be a day or two before we get back to exploring it so a lot of solo a lot solo. of yeah yeah which can be tough can be tough if you're having an off day and you're you're out of like your head is somewhere else it's really hard to be left on your own and asked to like work on something for six hours mm -hmm. you from personal experience that can be really really hard yeah yeah I also think that there's this this like just 
the self, you gotta like give yourself a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if that means anything to any of you, uh, <laughs> but I just like really thrive with like being seen and being told that I'm so, that I've been seen mm-hmm. or like positively and negatively. Like I'm the kind of person that like wants wants you to be like that's not how I like you to do my coffee because then I'm like oh great like, I, now I have like a thing that I can like learn um, you know but it's about it's really about me learning how to do the coffee it's not about your coffee um, uh, so yeah the like I have to um yeah trust trust the work and trust mm-hmm. the, the duration of it and trust that um which is work that I have to, like, I chose to be an actor and it's work that I've like had to learn to do in many projects also. Um, just to be like, if they're not saying that it's bad, it probably means that they like it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, and not that there isn't positive affirmations happening, but it's a big room. Yeah. So there's actually a lot, a really beautiful, kind of I, what I feel to be um, <clears throat> um, a choice that everyone is making to kind of really hold themselves really tenderly and really carefully in relationship to everyone else as they hold each other, like as a, they hold themselves really tenderly. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it kind of does feel like a constellation of of planets or of stars where it's like we have such different needs and we have such short time mm-hmm. that yeah often it's like okay you're gonna go over there and put your headphones in and meditate during your break and like I'm need someone to hug me so I'm gonna go and like just curl up to Aria or <laughs> you know what I mean like I'll go and call my mom or whatever it is but that there's a like a heightened level of we're all going through the same thing. It's so vulnerable and so personal for all of us. Um, so everyone's self-care and self-bubble feels pretty tangible, mm. which is really lovely and also can be intimidating in a way mm-hmm. for me personally because I just am like, but what do we... Oh, I just want... All of, can we have a cuddle puddle? Which we do have. A, there's a there's a cuddle puddle uh, in the in the play. The language that has emerged in the rehearsal room it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. Like it's just like we're talking a lot about. Um, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Um, we're talking a lot about what I understand to be kinesthetic response because I'm a big viewpoint nerd. Um, so we'll be working on a movement thing and it'll be like, and then you, we start eating each other and it's like, what? And what we mean by that is like, you see what someone else is doing and you like let it affect your right. movement mm-hmm. and the quality of you. But we'll just be like in the middle of a scene and then the minute we'll be like, and now you can eat each other. And we're like, it just has this like out of place qualities. And then there's like a moment where we just like, we're gonna, we're coming out of the cuddle puddle into the murder forest. Into, no one gets murdered. It's, <laughs> it's just, there's so, there's such a, also, uh, the like popcorn, the things that bubble up in terms of, wow, the genius, the amount of genius that's in the room. 
like the cast is just I every day that I go to work I'm like I cannot I cannot thank my lucky stars enough to be working with all those women it's it's a complete female cast right yeah it's really overwhelming it's really lovely <laughs> like it's really how, how does it differ from working in other settings that might not be as female focused um I don't even know. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that in like a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing that we talk a lot about where, and it's really wonderful because Susie wrote and is directing the play, uh, where we talk about just letting the, the, the words do the work that they're already doing. So not, not, not trying to like, impose anything or show anything or tell anything just so being, like, really honest just being like yeah, yeah just like letting the words kind of be almost like a song or a score mm-hmm. um which you know it's there's like this really beautiful thing that's happening with theater and dance vocabulary merging and in like really useful ways where amanda would often when we were starting the um physical exploration remind us to notice complexity and not generate complexity which is like apparently a very dancey thing to say, which was, I was just like, wow, my, my wow. <laughs> um, and so to do that with the text, right? To like allow the text to just like, oh, to not, for you to notice what the text is without trying to like generate that. And I think that's kind of what's happening in terms of the, the play being a play about women with an all-female cast where there's not this preoccupation of like, how do we work because we're women or what is happening so that we tell this female mm-hmm. story, we're just all showing up to work. Um, because you have I, those lived experiences. Mm-hmm. Totally. You're just coming in. We're just coming in. And, yeah. and it just so happens that most of the people in the room are female um, and that the story... But there's nothing missing. Like, there's nothing lacking. I mean... Um, I think there's a lot more maybe patience and a lot more stillness than than there is in rooms that are that I've been in that have been m- more balanced in their like f- male and female energies. Mm-hmm. But also, um, like I'm I'm a gender queer person, and so I exist very much in my masculinity inside of that room mm-hmm. as well. And I think most of the people in the room are also pretty forward and awake in, in our understanding of the masculine and the feminine inside of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not investigating that. We're not naming that. But, like, yeah, there's lots of, mas- there's lots of moments where it's like, now you have to do this. And it's like action and pursue your objective and go and drive, which are things that the like patriarchal normative kind of like structure of theater that we exist in carries that are really useful, right? Like what is masculine intelligence? It's the intelligence that tells you to like act on your impulse to get the thing done, to like to move forward and to push, which is like, you can't do theater without that intelligence and without that wisdom. And then what is feminine? It means, okay, like, widen that what does that mean when that energy forward also amplifies outwards and sidewise Mm -hmm. um 
can I be in stillness and, and still be pursuing something? Can I listen and, and not respond and react? Um, and there's lots of different bodies. So, and it's just, it's a big play. <laughs> it's basically three different, uh, it's not, but it like it, in making them, it feels like we're making three different plays and we've had th- a week for each and there's nine of us. So there's a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of time. To, <laughs> there's not a lot of time that to be like, like no time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's really actually kind of weird to like, right now I'm having this like out of body experience and like kind of trying to hover over it to be like, what has it been like? Cause uh, it's mostly been like, do I know my lines? What is going on? Uh, who am I? How old are we? What is time? Uh, fold. Okay. What is time? Such uh, a big fold. We're, we're doing lots of folding, um, which is really great. Um, yeah, and also in the dance and in the movement, I think maybe there's also, I think, is kind of where this like female femininity is driving it's like really emerging also um we're working a lot a lot with like exploring the the bone structure so the different layers of the bone and and the ways in which the body folds and adjusts in relationship to in to different impulses and instincts Mm. and um really prioritizing sensation and um not a lot is set. So there's lots of um, like tracks that are getting built for us to explore different things inside of our bodies, but to continue to explore them. So rather than it be like, okay, and this scene, I like do, yeah, I do this like (laughs) specific, my two arms go down and these arm goes up, right? It's like in this scene, I'm exploring, really trying to tap into the squishy feeling of the bone marrow that's inside of your bones so like that's a really great one that we talk a lot that I like also it's like we're working with squishy bones like what does it mean (laughs) to try and like feel inside like through the fascia through the calcium and the hard part of the bone to the like squishy part inside of that Mm -hmm. and then to move from that Mm -hmm. while considering this like uh, sanitization of the female body and like what it means to have or not have access to medicine. Right. Right. Um, which has been helpful because I think the play is really personal. I think it can be, I think it's, it's really universal and it, it's helpful to have these anchors and these tangible explorations that are about the body and that are about space and that are about each other um, to kind of create a explorative kind of like protective bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that has meant like when, when thinking about communities that are marginalized and we're thinking about communities that are on the outskirts of town and when thinking about water, um, it's important to be able to have a protective separation to be intentional and honest and vulnerable inside the work while being safe Mm -hmm. because like water is the most important conversation that we can have right now we like live in a country that has 
so much fresh water that is being stolen and poisoned and taken away from its people and its or the people that have always been in this land and that have been attacked and oppressed and that continue to endure colonization here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's no small thing to talk about a community, to just to look at a family that just has to walk four hours to go get clean water mm-hmm. and come back. And to just allow that to be a reality, like, in, like a given reality, in a way that it isn't for most people in Toronto, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, then as a, as a settler to this land and as a foreigner to consider like, the reality of what's happening in Venezuela, which is where I'm from, um, and to consider what it means to riot, what it means to protest, what it means to be in a position where people, the youth is put in a place where the choice to put their bodies in danger to fight bigger forces as dangerous as it might be, feels safer or more logical than to continue to exist in the status quo that they're in because there is no food, because there is no medicine, because there is no light. So, and that is a reality of a much larger part of the world than we like to remember Mm -hmm. uh, in the comfort and the privilege that we live in, in in like major cosmopolitan cities. So to trust, and for me, a lot of the work has been to trust and honor that when those things start to emerge, that I can just separate that, that I can just actually take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that. And if I need to go and call like my friends in Venezuela, or if I need to like go and deal with like my own expat guilt that I don't get to go protest when exploring a character that's contemplating like joining a riot, mm-hmm. um, that the work carries that right. in its larger grasp and bubble so that I don't have to then like open my like personal, uh, I'm an immigrant vein so that the, so that the truth of it emerges, but that it's an important conversation, like the play as a whole if you, when I try to, I guess, take away all of the things, is about, yeah, sisterhood, water, big pharma, right? Like, um, power and time. Mm -hmm. And um, in a place, I think that those are, the major obstacles that we're being faced with right now. Do we have enough time to have the conversations that we need to be having? Is, can my sentences be longer than they are? Is it okay for me to not have an answer in the present tense or looking forward? How can I connect to, reconnect to the ancestry? Like, how can we look back and down and dig into the like ancestral knowledges and ways that like we need to reconnect with 
which is like a pull backwards in time and in memory while in an intentional effort to build forward and to like build upwards into a different future, into a new, into a new possibility. And how can we do that while like having pleasure and having joy and being in the body? Mm-hmm. And how can I be a female body and tell the story and honor all of those stories and then also just tell this one thing? So yeah, it's pretty dizzying. Um, which is, uh, um, but at the end of the day, really also, that's just the longest, like most, uh, sentimental rant, like just like a woman that has four girls that each like that got sick and that some of them got better and some of them didn't. And just like are doing their laundry and are, fighting each other and want to have babies or don't want to have babies and are queer and are not queer and just like in life, right? Right. (laughs) We're eating hummus and (laughs) everything is fine. Art imitates life. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, Are you, do you find it exhausting or exhilarating to work on themes that you feel so connected with? Both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a pretty intense human, and uh, just yeah, uh, just like I'm like a big ball of emotions. <laughs> it just like stumbles around in the world. It's like oh, I just have so many feelings, <laughs> um, and you know that's uh, I'm learning to to be well, to like honor the fact that I am that, and also to just chill the right down. Right. Um, um, yeah, the I find that really useful that there's so much body in the like work mm-hmm. in the space, and so if I can like any any room any space where like no matter what's happening I can like just drop into a plank and like keep listening to what you're saying <laughs> you know or like just like lay on the floor and stretch while we're still having these conversations to ground in my body Mm -hmm. is really useful. And, um, the play, sorry, did you dance at all or did you have any experience with movement or, yeah? Um, I used to say that I like, I'm not a dancer, but I can dance. And now, now I like to say that I'm like a dancer that's like starting to be a dancer. Um, I did a lot of physical theater mm-hmm. in Venezuela. I did some circus in Venezuela, and then I came to Canada. And I, when I trained in theater school, I like have a pretty, yeah, body-driven relationship to the work. Um, and I just last year spent uh, six months of the year in South America, training with different theater companies there, and. Um, reconnecting to what it means to be a physical theater person in South America against um, our notion in the North, which is like, yeah, they're just, we, our relationship to body just is different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not only different um, South America to North America. Like I'm from Venezuela and I was in the Andes mountains and I had this like shock of, 
just like the stereotype that we have of the Latina women, women in North America. They're like, ooh, sexy, yeah, she's wavy kind of like mm. notion. They have that same stereotype of the like Caribbean women in South, the rest of South America, like in the Andes Mountains. Mm. So I just all of a sudden was like encountered with this other relationship to body further south also. Um, but in terms of their memory and their indigeneity and their folklore and the ways in which Asia and East Asia has been in South America and has influenced theater there, there's just like a very much, like a very deeper relationship to the body. So there's lots of the actor, like the tradition is that the actor can dance, the actor can play an instrument, the actor does mask, the actor also is a puppeteer, like is a more holistic body mm-hmm. than my experience of what the actor is here. I just tapped my... That's right. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, like, I can salsa, I can merengue, I can, like, mm-hmm. dance Latin, like, Venezuelan Afro-Latino drums. I, like, <laughs> just, like, like to party because I grew up in Venezuela, so I dance. Yeah. And uh, so I'm pretty... I was pretty excited about this part because I also play her at the moment where she's in that place of can I do it I'm self-taught I get she has like this possibility of like perhaps pursuing more training what does that mean like Mm -hmm. and so that's a really nice echo not at all my experience I like trained as an actor and like have become a professional actor I like already did it I (laughs) like migrated countries I am proud of like my work and my career and where I'm at um but it's a different um, discipline mm-hmm. yes. that is really exciting and that I feel like we, we need more of. Like, I'm hungry for more of it. And so it's such an exciting, as a theater maker that's leaning into dancer and who has, like, as a director, I have a really choreographic curiosity mm-hmm. um, to explore not only this part, but this play, which is it's just like a dream come true because it's a step in the way that it's like the kind of theater that I want to see that right. I have been talking about missing or that I have been talking about seeing elsewhere and exploring how, how it could exist here. Mm-hmm. And I think Susanna and the Empire and, and Ted and Leora, um, like it's a larger artistic conversation mm-hmm. that is being had crossing those boundaries Cro- of what pushing like and, and, yes and also in, in in time and in span right like yes. it's been a year of like producing work and throwing one thing that is doing one thing and investigating one thing and mm-hmm. then another one which is more masculine and like investigates all of those themes and then this one and to have Susie kind of close it with her statement on it mm-hmm. is really exciting and really dreamy to and then to have a choreographer right like and right now we're in act three and it's just like it's so nice and like (laughs) elevated and now we're just like and now we just are in tracks that are physical for long durational periods and I just I don't know it's really really dreamy I had this really lovely moment with Amanda 
where we were starting to shift into Act 3, and she was like, no, yeah, well, it'll be very different. You'll get to dance. And I was like, please, promise me I'll get to dance. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just like all I want. I want to dance. Um, so, yeah. And, I, and I'm going... So I'm doing another play immediately after this one. So we close for sisters, and I start rehearsals for um, remembering the general strike. It's a shameless plug. Um, uh, <laughs> and, um, and then I go to Europe. And so I'm going to Europe, actually, to pursue a bit more training in dance theater. Um, so with the experience and the information that I have. Right. Right. To... Yeah, attain a bit more training so that I can have some more tools to be useful in the conversation mm-hmm. that I want to help further. Um, because I feel like there's so much happening in Toronto in so many directions. Um, it feels like a really important social, communal space um, in terms of politically, uh, in terms of the activism that is happening, in terms of the creative voices that are being uh, elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also find that a little, that all of that happening makes it a little hard to... To find, find your space? Yeah. It's daunting. Um, yeah. There's so much happening in the city. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, where do I fit in? Where do I find my own space? Yeah. How do I make my, like, my voice be heard? Totally. Yeah. And the kind of, um, especially when trying to find a different voice and trying to find a different form, Mm -hmm. um, because I just always, it's like, I don't, if I go in here, I feel like I'm interrupting something that's like going in a direction that's really important. And right. I, there's like information there that yeah. I need. Right. But if I start, like, what does that mean for me to like try and take that if I want to shift it away from that? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, yeah, and it moves really fast. Mm-hmm. It moves really fast still. And, it, and it's still, I feel like, very individual. So I sometimes wonder and I worry that we're strengthening and we're like putting support behind important voices but still kind of perpetuating this like notion that like your voice is important and so we are like setting up this whole infrastructure so that you can speak Mm -hmm. which is super important and like those voices are important and so it's like a huge step forward but I also again I feel like we're being like elevated to this cliff and then not really having the tools to then look beside us and be like oh that voice was really important and it has its own platform that elevated that voice on its own. But and where's the bridge how are between we, them? How are we learning to yeah. talk right. uh, with each other? Mm-hmm. Which is this like daunting thing of like, how can you do collective work? Whatever that means. What does collective even mean in 2019 in the production systems that we have yeah. with the time spans that we have, right? So um, my instinct as someone that didn't grow up here and that then lived a whole life here, like I mm-hmm. spent 10 years here, has been to go to South America and be like, okay, what were they doing there? Because mm-hmm. they come from a very... South America has a really long history of collective and group work that doesn't exist anymore. 
because oh. modern the modern reality in South America is the same. So you have what I found was lots of people my age with the same longings that I had, but with teachers that had like fulfilled those longings with like a history of, oh yeah, these 12 people just lived in a farm and like did like did all their work together and like only like had this like possibility of right. going into the studio and dealing with a theme and then having to go and protest that theme in the streets and like have action like tangible physical action to then like go back into the studio and create with and like leave their jobs and whatever and it doesn't matter where you are in North America South America you're I don't know it's like I can't no one no one is doing that no one is like marrying you for five years to only figure like to not do their own work in order to figure out what it is that you can say only together but because I'm a hopeful person I'm in a very stubborn person I like I can accept those boundaries and I can accept those challenges while continuing to say okay so so we can't just drop everything and like get a house together and live that way and figure out what we have to say together but we still have to talk together like our collective voices are more important and the forces that we're fighting require us to figure out how to talk together and if that's the way that they did it before great and if we can't do it that way too bad but how can we and so for me that means okay so i remove myself and i go and i look while holding on to what's here while thinking in different long like in longer terms so if i'm going to europe and i'm going to go and train and i'm going to be there for three months and then i'll come back and then i'll continue like right now i'm already having conversations about what it is that i'm investigating and and meeting people like aria and like working with people with suzy getting lots of information that maybe won't manifest into anything until 2 3 4 years from now but flexing the muscle which is this thing that the trilogy did mm-hmm. right right like it took 10 years to make and it it's just like flexing that muscle of it takes the game is way longer than we're being made to think it is yes and so how can i continue to be in present continue to be here and to look that far away so that i can have more time to listen to more voices and to give my voice to more conversations so that maybe we can find a louder communal voice mm-hmm. cuz it's bad <laughs> cuz it's bad out there and we got to do something like together yes so i rambled that's all right okay. i feel like i'm going to ask you a question but you probably already answered it is being an artist fucking killing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> the sweetest uh yummiest way. Yeah. <laughs> right now, um Yeah, right now it's been a really interesting thing to my in in relationship to my body. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um so as much as we train and as much as we do things just um to do a dance theater mercer thing is really taxing yeah on the body because we're rehearsing on theater times which means that we're doing 8 hour days mm-hmm. um but as i understanding dance normally does like 3 to 4 and that's like a whole day 
Yeah. So it's it's a lot. So there's a lot of like, okay, now I have to like buy this like band elastic thing and like talk to my <laughs> chiropractor so that I can like just like do what exercises do I have to do so that my shoulder blade isn't like bad. And we yeah. all have like <laughs> have like a problem in my neck and someone else has a problem in their ankle and someone else. So right now, like it's really killing my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I'm also getting stronger, um, which is fun. Uh, yes, yes. But I think it's worth it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Okay. Do you want to do the dates of Four Sisters? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Four Sisters <laughs> runs uh, June 11th to 16th. Um, you can get tickets at luminatofestival.com. And uh, since you listen to all this uh, lovely <laughs> rants, uh, if you can use the um, promo code Trilogy to get 10% off your tickets. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. That was so great. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, um, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically any place that plays a podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And thank you guys so much. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.